We're going to have a theme song soon. Hi, everybody. It's me, your pal, Katie Osaurus. Uh, and welcome to Katie and Eric's Infinite Quest for Attention, episode two. Um, we're just, we're really excited to be here. Um, so first and foremost, we wanted to say thank you. Um, we have been absolutely overwhelmed by your enthusiasm and your excitement and your support and your saying nice things to us. Um, so thank you very much. We're so excited for this project and what this is going to become. Um, and it's really cool knowing that um, we've got so many people who are really enjoying what we're doing so far. So thank you very much for being here. Um, with that, I have a couple of announcements. Announcement one, um, this is a journey and we're on it together and we're learning and we're growing in real time. And so we're kind of like figuring this out as we go. Um, so perhaps most importantly, we're now available as a podcast on Spotify and Apple podcasts and a whole bunch of other ones. Um, so that's cool and neat. Um, however, uh, we need your help uh, because the best and, and cheapest and easiest way to support us is by leaving us a review on those platforms. Because the more reviews you have, uh, the more uh, like street cred your podcast has. Um, and so yeah, if you don't mind uh, giving us a, a review or just sharing our podcast, we'd be so grateful. Um, several people have asked, and so we thought we would let you know that if you are interested in supporting us in a more um, financial matter, uh, we do have Patreons. Um, we are also working on putting together a Patreon just for this podcast. Um, we're not quite there yet. We're sorting out the details. Um, but Eric and I both have Patreons. We also both have merch. Um, so if you're interested in supporting us that way, that's cool too. And if you're not able to do that, we totally understand because these are weird, unprecedented times. Um, but people asked. And so there's the information for you. Um, but like we said earlier, um, we're just really excited to be here. Um, and I had one more announcement. And oh, I remember what it is. Um, starting next next week, we are going to start having guests every so often. It's not going to be like an every week thing. Um, but as it happens, we know a lot of really cool people um, who we want to get to know better and share their stories and talk with them. Um, so as we keep doing this podcast, uh, every Thursday, we're going to start bringing on guests. Uh, so yeah, we're really excited. Uh, and we've got our first couple guests lined up and we're really excited. Um, I'm not going to tell you who because I don't want to spoil the surprise. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I look forward to that. But again, um, thank you all so much for your support. Thank you all so much for believing in us and supporting us. It really does mean the world to us. Um, I, I, I really and truly mean that. Uh, so yeah, I was traveling this week. Um, so this is sort of a special behind the scenes bonus episode. Uh, and then we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. So yeah, uh, without further ado, here's episode two. Transitions. <laughs> I don't have like my my shameful my shameful secret is like I don't have anything memorized like even with like is like I'm sure if you like I know that there's monologues that I could just like pull out but like I don't have anything in my head ever <laughs> like, like oh no I know, I know I've talked to you about this before, but you know that, that, have you seen the video that I've done on, that I did about how to memorize stuff? You have? I feel like I did watch it, but I don't remember it because well, so, <laughs> I have ADHD. To the, right, to the folks, 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 folks watching at home, um, are we going to do that? Are we going to actively reference? Yeah, well, no, actually, I'm going to. To the folks watching at home um, who haven't, who, oh God, let's edit that out. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, so this, it was a technique that I learned when I was studying classical music, when I was playing classical music, um, 
which is um, you to memorize it backwards, essentially. If it's a poem- I have talked about this because that's how I memorize Shakespeare. Right, because you said that you did it. Yeah, yeah. So you, you memorize the last line. So you don't memorize it word for word backwards, although I totally suppose you could. Um, so you memorize the last line, which is like- Yeah. You know, I don't want to qualify and say it's easy, but it's easier than memorizing the whole fucking thing, that's for sure. So memorize the last line, like um, over and over again, announcing your place in the family of things. Or perhaps make it even smaller, just like the family of things, your place in the family of things, announcing your place. In the that way you're always moving into something that you're more confident with. Because if you've ever tried to memorize something, you'll mem if you tack on another line, like you have a block memorized and you tack on the next line, you have to start at the beginning and go, and then by the time you get there, it's been like a while since you thought of that because it's, it's at the end. Whereas if you go backwards, the newest line is the first thing that you say. And then everything after that, you already have memorized. So it's, you know, over and over again, announcing your place in the family of things. Like harsh and exciting, over and over again. Like you're, so you're always, this is the worst explanation of anything ever, but like you're always moving into something you're more confident with. And so yeah. saying the new thing is just the thing that you say first. Like, so uh, when but what, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. When you, when you're doing that for music though, do you go by like a measure or a phrase or notes? Like, how do you do it with music? I would do it, it I mean, it depends. I, there are certain circumstances in which I would do it, it either, either by note or by measure. Yeah. Um, so like, if it was a really note heavy piece that had like a lot of notes in it, um, then I would go, absolutely go note by note. Um, but if it's a really, well, actually, no, now that I think of it, I always went note by note, yeah. Um, because doing it with music is like, if you're memorizing a poem, it, it is very, very likely that you're already fluent in a language. So saying things is something that you know how to do. So you're just saying specific things. Whereas in music, very frequently, you're playing, you're doing a thing that you haven't done before. And so if you have my guitars over there, Accio guitar. Um, Are you playing your arm like a fretboard? Oh yeah, well that's how you would, that's like the common way of like describing stuff. Like that's what a teacher would do if they were, if you didn't have a guitar around and you're revealing all the burns I have on my arm. Um, I'm a cook, it's okay. Um, but uh, um, yeah, so if you had a weird chord like, that was like, ugh, and just felt strange. Like first what I would do is, is play the chord and then relax my hand and then play the chord again, relax my hand. And then I would play the chord or note or whatever just before that um, and go and just sit there. And the idea, well, now we're talking about music, but the idea is that you would, before, let's, let's say you had to go from, I should, should I grab my guitar? No, I'm not gonna grab my guitar. If you I can see it in the mirror. There's three. Get the blue one. It's the prettiest. Did you see the blue? There's not a blue one. It's black. Let's not do this. Um, oh. That's fine. Um, oh. So if you're to play, um, uh, what's a, what's a chord? Um, okay. All right. Well, let's edit this out.
Um, so anyway, here's Wonderwall. So anyways, here's Wonderwall. Um, but so if you're playing this chord, um, which also I have something to say about this chord, but um, and you had to play it from here. So the way that you would practice that, the way that I would practice that is by playing that note before it, or, oh my gosh, Eric, it's, it's been a decade, come on. And then while, before I've done anything, I'm gonna go through my head and pretend to do it. And imagine the weight of my hand as I pull my hand away from the fretboard and imagine what it's gonna feel like to have the pressure released in my pinky imagine the amount of time it's going to take me. Imagine the specific muscles that I'm going to flex when I do it. And then once all of that is in place, I just allow my brain to say go and do it. <laughs> what? I swear this, this is absolutely true. This is how I was taught and a lot of classic musicians are taught. And then you do that again. And you sit there and you think, what is it going to feel like? What is the weight of my hand going to feel like? What is everything? And then you're just allowing yourself to do it. Um, and the idea behind that is, well, the idea behind that is that every time you do something, you're making your brain remember it. It's now another thing that your brain has done. So if you practice something and consistently get one part wrong, it's actively bad to do it wrong. Like it is actively, it's not just another time you're training your brain to do it incorrectly. So it's better to do whatever you have to do to do it exactly correctly and only exactly correctly ever so that you're strengthening those neural connections and all of that and not the ones that are wrong. Um, so like a, a sort of a joke, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if this is a common joke, but it was a joke between me and my friends. Um, like, if you have a problem with a, a section, like you, you've been practicing a week and you go to your, your professor or your, your, um, your, your teacher or something and you say, like, I don't know, how, I can't quite get this one thing. Um, at some point they're going to say, slow practice to a metronome. <laughs> like practice really, really, really slowly to a metronome. And the idea is that like, even if something is really hard, if you do it slow enough, you'll be able to do it. Um, it might take you like, but doing it wrong is actively bad. You're training your brain to do it incorrectly. And so do it as slow as you possibly need, you need to do it in order to do it properly. And then only do that. And then once you can do that without thinking about it, increase the speed just a little bit. And then do that until you can do that without even thinking about it. And then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more until eventually you're at full tempo. Um, I'm actively fascinated right now. Like act like genuinely fascinated like I don't have that like I don't I can't do that like I I I don't even know how to describe it but like I don't have the capacity to imagine my body doing things like that's not a thing that I think about I am like I'm so like it feels like I mean, I would say it's like learning Klingon, except I've done that. Like it, but it's so far like out. What of a surprise! <laughs> um, 
I, I'm just, I'm so fascinated. I'm fascinated by this. Well, it's really, it's, it's, well, so for one, you can imagine that if you have severe ADHD, that that whole process is a fucking problem. Yes. <laughs> if I was in, oof, I didn't even, well, well, you can imagine that my inability to do that or, or how difficult it was for me to do that or, or, rep, or, or do whatever version of that I was capable of doing um, can scar a person <laughs> musically to be like, oh, this is what, how I understand music to work and I'm incapable of doing it. Like, I'm like, I am wrong in terms of music. I mean, of course I'm wrong to think that. Like that's, I've been, but you know, the best decade of my life or eight years of my life has been me tr tr hopefully like, you know, training myself out of thinking that there is a, a, an exact proper way to play music. And in a, in, you know, and, and if you're not doing that, then you're wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but so you know, ADHD hit the pole, oh, um, that's kind of why when Aaron asked us the, about ADHD in music, like I was like, oh God, like uh, I'm gonna talk for a long time or I'm not gonna talk at all, holy shit. <laughs> but it's very, I mean, it, it makes me think of mindfulness is what it makes me think of, is when you're in that mode and you're, you're trying to practice um, like a, a thing, like there's, there's a piece that goes like this. Again, it's been eight years, bear with me. So it basically goes to a diminished, it's a diminished chord. It's either, I think it's half, a half diminished chord to the people who know music who are listening. Um, which resolves to this chord, um, which can then turn into a diminished chord like this. Or, anyways, but it, those those chords are the same all the way down. It just, but it, but but it sort of musically, mathematically works. Um, oh God! But I had to do it that fast. Um, actually, it was faster than that. It was bat 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 bat. And so, I spent a very long time in a, in a in a small concrete room. Um, every practice room had a mirror in it. It was exactly that mirror, actually, when I think of it. So you could sit in front of it and watch your technique, and that was it. Well, they all had pianos, too. Um, so they had a piano and a mirror, um, and, a, and a chair. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I had to practice going from this chord, and then doing it as slowly as possible and as deliberately and methodically as possible. Again, like anticipating every motion, like nothing was accidental because that's how you fuck up. That's how like, if you hear a musician who consistently messes up the same part, it's because they've messed it up so many times that that's just how their brain does it. They're not training themselves from zero anymore, zero to correct. They're training themselves from incorrect to correct. So the idea is not just to learn the piece, although of course that's the goal, it's to avoid learning it the wrong way because then you've lost ground. Um, so anyways, but well, the reason I think of mindfulness is because when you're here and you're going to the next chord, you become in tune with your body. You have the sensations in your fingers, and then you go to the next one. So it's, it's, it's like an inherently a mindful process of just being in tune with, with doing exactly one thing. Um, 
and uh, anyways, it's fucking fascinating and nuts. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it, it caused me to, I, I, you know, think of, I think people with ADHD think of analogies frequently. I think that's like something that we do. I mean, I don't mean to speak for anybody else ever, I guess, um, but I, 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 I've talked to enough people where I think we do. Um, but that concept, the concept of practice, um, has become useful in a lot of different ways. It's also become a, a massive hindrance, my awareness of that level of practice. Um, but like, I mean, every week or most weeks, you know, you, you basically you would have a lesson a week and then you would have a little whole, at, at, so I, at this boarding school that I went to, you would have a lesson a week and then a bunch of others, you would have classes, you would have theory classes, you would have performance classes and whatever classes, as well as regular high school classes um, to deal with. Um, but anyways, and then you would go and, you know, and then you would have your lesson again and the cycle would sort of repeat. And like a lot of the times you go to, into a lesson and your teacher would ask you to do something that you could swear is impossible. They would go here, you know, reach your, your fingers from like here to like there. And you're like, oh, I can't. Like in your, and you like your brain, you're like, my fingers are too small. My, like, I can't. Um, and you're like, you're, it's, it, you rationally think that. It's not an irrational thought to think you can't. Um, and then they go, well, look, my hands are smaller than yours and I can do it. And then they do the thing. And so you're like, oh, it is possible. Stretching your fingers maybe isn't the best example because that's sort of a, a literal technical feat. Like, but like going from some insanely complicated chord to another insanely complicated chord. Like that, there's no way that I could do this at that at the speed that is possible. But then they do it in front of you. And so they show you something impossible and say you have a week to learn to do it. Um, and then you do, or you look like a giant asshole <laughs> in a week. Um, and so you're sort of consistently reaffirming that you think a lot of things are impossible that actually through deliberate practice are not impossible. Um, and so it calls into question like what you think, what, well, I don't want to say you, but what, what, I, what, I, what one thinks what I thought about like everything. What other things do I think are impossible that I actually could do if I just practiced and learned? And so like my idea, here we go. The idea, my idea of self shattered, like sh absolutely fucking shattered because what if my ADHD is just something that I could practice myself out of? What if, what if my depression is something that I could practice myself out of right now? That seems impossible. It, it, it like it, 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 right now being, this is me at 16 thinking this, like that is unfathomable that that could be the case. But my everyday life consists of truly believing something to be impossible, then watching somebody do it and then prove to myself that I can through practice do it. So what other, you know, what other things? And so, I mean, that idea still absolutely haunts me to this day. Like I, I don't, I, 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 I it for a long time and still now, like I, I can't fully accept that I just am a way, like I, that I am Eric, that I am a, like a self. I, I constantly think of myself as a person who has practiced perhaps unknowingly a certain set of behaviors and therefore exhibits those behaviors frequently. But if I practiced, if I like practiced, if I did the analogous thing to, to playing classical music to my psyche and my behaviors, um, I could do things that I think are impossible, like training myself out of my depression or practicing myself out of my ADHD. And to a certain extent, I mean, you can't 
train or practice yourself out of ADHD, their neural imbalances. Well, as far as I know, and as far as everybody that I've ever heard who knows about this knows, you can't. Um, but things like um, waking up in the morning, like assembling habits, things like waking up in the morning or taking your meds every day or, and things that often, especially when you're depressed, seem absolutely impossible. Um, but through practice, you can. So, so, so I, I got to stop talking. I've been talking for like fucking 20 minutes. I don't know, time blindness. I have no idea how long I've been talking. Um, but so it's very helpful in ways that sort of teach you to think, oh, the things that you think are impossible um, aren't but there are also things that are impossible and you need to accept that they are. I mean, it makes, it makes me think of uh, the Lord's prayer, uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to tell the difference. Um, accept what, uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to tell the difference. That, that is not the Lord's prayer. <laughs> oh, that isn't the Lord's prayer. That's the serenity prayer. Gosh, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm pretty, like, I don't know a lot about a lot, but I don't think that's one of the lines. Leave it in! Leave it in! Keep it, Leave it in! Keep, keep it, keep it in! Um, our Father throughout, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, give us this day this day. Uh, yep. And forgive us our trespasses as, as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not through temptation, um, but to the kingdom of heaven for... No, uh... Uh, it's our uh, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, oh, God, I got so distracted in the middle of it that I forgot it. But it's, it's a, 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 a shit. Oh, I was acting so smug, too. And Where? Ah, how does it feel? Ah, hoisted on my own petard. <laughs> uh, uh, but deliver us from evil. That's the line. It's the end. The line, the, the end. Deliver us from evil. Um, and then, depending on what church you go to, they tack on the "for thine is the power and the kingdom" thing. But yeah. you're Catholic. Growing up, we didn't we didn't have that part. So. Oh, really? It just ends at "deliver us from evil." Amen. Yeah. And then sometimes you you mumble the last part, depending. But, and then I think I think they just changed the words, too. There was like a. It's like as we forgive those who. Like there's new words. I'm pretty sure my mom told me about this. Um, yeah, the only one I know is the one that they say at the end of it. Yeah, life. it's it's um instead of saying lead us not into temptation, they say do not let us fall into temptation. Why? Changed, I mean, okay. They changed it because, um, uh. The Pope said he thought the English translation of the prayer was not correct because our boy Francis, who we like, we like Francis. We like Francis. Um, it is not a good translation because it speaks of a God who induces temptation, but we are the one who fall. It's not God like pushing us into temptation. It's we falling into temptation. So they changed it to let us not fall into temptation. Well, well I respect I respect an accurate translation. That's that's I respect that. Yeah. Yeah, and so a father doesn't do that. The quote is a father doesn't do that. A father helps you to get up immediately. It's Satan who leads us into temptation. That's his department. Is that really what Pope Francis said? That's what he said. I imagine that's a translation of from Lat or from from uh, Italian. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, Katie and Eric in the morning. That's our morning show. Anyway. Nice.
Thank you. Good morning. I just. I truly think that Donald Glover is one of the great geniuses. Like. Oh, he absolutely is. I was literally about to say the same thing. I was literally just about to be like, Donald Glover is so great. Like, I think we're like, I'm grateful to be alive at the same time. Like, like if you, if like, I like to think that the people who like were alive at the same time as Mozart were like, how cool is it that we're alive? I know they weren't because of course they weren't, but like. I feel like it's that kind of thing where like he's going to be, he's one of those like towering artistic geniuses. That's like, oh my God. Holy my God. favorite thing, my favorite story about Donald Glover, I don't even know if it's true or not, but I heard it. And the story that I heard was like, so he was working on, on um, being, being Lando when he, he released This Is America. And so he was like, they were standing like underneath the fucking Millennium Falcon and Donald Glover goes, hey, do you guys, you, I just got my, like, the, the, the editing copy back or whatever. Do you guys want to see my new, my new song that's coming out? And everybody was like, yeah. And so he just, like, played it for him, like, on his fucking iPhone or whatever. And everyone was like, you, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's my new, it's my new song. And they, like, were like, play it again. Just play it again. And they made him play it like a like because everyone was like, "This is the best thing." Because it was, "This is America." Yeah. And so it was like, "This is the best thing that I have ever beheld." And he was just like standing under the Millennium Falcon, just like, "Hey, watch my new song." My my new like, I was like, "I don't know if it's true or not, but I just think about that moment a lot." What a moment in a person's life, like to tell, <laughs> to tell like I don't know like a like a five year old Donald Glover, like, "Hey, one day you're gonna be playing Lando Calrissian." in a canon, in a canon Star Wars movie. It was canon, right? Yeah. Canon Star Wars movie. And you're gonna have everybody gathered around and you're gonna play them a song that you just had produced that is going to be one of the most influential songs written like in its decade. And you're gonna be like 20 fucking seven or something. Like, yeah, it's that. insane. What the fuck? It's, I think a lot. I think like, I spent a lot of time thinking about how I will probably never get to be in a Star Wars movie. And I realize that's, that's a silly thing to be sad about. But there is, there is a large part of my heart that I've reserved for the grief that I feel about the fact that I will never be famous oh. enough to be in a Star Wars movie. Which is, which is silly, but well, it's, it's, the, it's what I feel. Number one, it's not silly. Um, I, think, I think life can be a hard, dismal thing and the little things that like give us like, it's okay to mourn for that. But also, like, I, I, I feel like obligated to say that you absolutely do not have the data to say that you will never be in a Star Wars movie. Like that is yeah, a massive assumption. Yeah, the, the, the chaos of the world makes means it's possible. It's really good. It was a very impassioned speech. Yeah, it was. I'll, it, was, it, was it was discursive in, in, in it was, it was like, there's a level of discursivity that I'll allow in my rants, but at some point it's like, okay, this rant is, is, is I'm missing <laughs> because of how discursive it is. Have you ever played And Another Thing? Nope. So, And Another Thing is a drinking game that my friends and I like to play. And I, I think somebody on like Tumblr came up with it or something. But basically what it is, is this a drinking game where, where you just decide to rant about something. Just, you know, socks, okay? Um, and so basically what it is is somebody starts ranting and they're like, you know, the problem with socks these days is that socks isn't good enough and they're not warm enough and it's bull whatever. And then at any point, 
somebody else goes and another thing and then they start ranting and then but then everybody else takes a drink and so it's basically just like kind of, it's like half an improv game half a drinking game but the idea is just like you just keep ranting about socks and you can steal it from anybody by going and another thing can you have to maintain the 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 the, the initial like if the subject is socks you all have to rent about socks or can you tangent off what the person you is can i mean it really doesn't matter but usually we would tangent but it's also the basis of my board game your board game oh god i've never told you this story okay i also have it but well it's a card game but this is a whole thing we, we should, we yeah. should i i i invented i invented a game does it exist it does exist. I can buy it. Can buy it. Fucking um, wait, wait, Katie, wait. Let's do this later. <laughs> okay. Because this is, I am so fucking excited, and I think I just I want to I want to be know, learning about this for the first time. Okay. And then, yeah, gosh, I also I've been tentatively designing a, a card game in my head for. Well, I mean, there, I also have a, like pages and pages and pages and pages. Of if it were to be made well, it would be successful. Mine is um. What's the name of your board game? Mine exists in the real world. Just, don't tell me what is the name of your board. Game? Do you, I've, it's it's. If it's it is, or something, if it's like Settlers of Catan, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. What no, is, no, it's no, it's not. It's called um, Betrayal at House on the Hill. No, it's not. It's not called that. That's like my. I was shit. I, was gonna, I thought you were gonna react. Gonna no, it's out. called Monopoly. No, I can't, I'm not going to tell you because it's a punchline. It's part of the story is the pun is the name of the game. So I'm not going to tell it to you. And saving it because, yeah. So, but I'll, I'll tell you later. Now you're an opera singer too. <laughs> Sure, it was mean. It wasn't mean. I was being jealous of your skill sets. Oh, fuck off. I'm sure you're a great singer. I'm a terrible singer. Oh, oh yeah, give me give me an E2. I don't know, play it for me. Ah. Uh, nice. Thank you.